Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu, episode number 52. My name is Gabe Estel. I'm here with my co host, Dennis Levi Leach, and Jonathan Getz. Knees? Knees? All right. Good to see you guys. How's it going? Hola. Wonderful. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Well, tonight we've got um, a nice agenda lined up for everybody. We're going to talk about the opening season of Major League Baseball. Everybody's certainly excited for that. Um, as well as we're going to talk, Jonathan just recently went to Florida, just got back a couple hours ago, from seeing two Pearl Jam concerts in the Miami area. So he's going to talk about both of those. And then also um, we're going to talk about Guns N' Roses, uh, well, somewhat triumphant return to the stage. Uh, they played... Uh, a gig at the Troubadour uh, a little over a week ago, and then this past weekend they were in Vegas for the big arena shows, kind of giving people a little bit of a taste of probably what they'll experience this summer. Um, and let's just say Axel broke his foot, and he's sitting down. I don't know if anyone saw that. Uh, I, but we'll talk yeah, about like, it. Yeah, we'll have I've to... been out of the loop. This is news to me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I just I saw that. pictures of him in crutches, and I was like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, still still playing the shows though. So um, anyway, but yeah, so we'll start with the baseball season, and then go to um, okay. Guns N' Roses, and then Pearl Jam. So anyway, guys, um, we're about most teams have played about anywhere from five to seven games now. Um, so it's been fun so far. I would say uh, at least all three of the teams that we root for have been off to pretty. Yeah starts i think so uh white Sox just won again uh just a couple hours ago, or a few hours ago in uh in minnesota so uh, both of your teams particularly the cubs look very strong so far yeah. as expected i guess got the home opener tonight against the reds i just want to uh, say i uh called a major piece getting injured i think in our last podcast I, I said I, I think that this year a major piece of the Cubs could get injured, but we would somehow sustain it. Yeah, and it freaking happened. Yeah, yeah. Like was that second, first game, second game, second I game. think. Schwarber. Yeah, yeah. Schwarber. He's out for the year, so uh, not even didn't even get a chance to to, to have a sophomore slump, Levi. Yeah. <laughs> He's already well, gone. It's one hell of a sophomore slump. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> so did even though you finished the week at five and one, did this did the week feel kind of like a loss? Well, no. What's the morale in Cubs Nation? It it happened, and a friend texts me, a friend back in Illinois, and he's just like, ah, you know, dropping F-bombs. And I said, dude, I I think it will be okay. I think we're going to make it. And sure enough, the Cubs, like, through that game, it was like they were playing for Schwarber. Mm -hmm. They scored a bunch of runs, and they won. And so... Like I, I touched on before, they have enough depth this year to oh, yeah. where I wasn't afraid of it. And in any year past, I would have been petrified if you were like, oh, one of the main offensive production, theory, you know, theoretically, the guy who could hit the most home runs yeah. on the team is going to go down. If you would have said that in the Sosa years, people would have cried. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to – yeah, I, I – um... While certainly he most likely would have been a big contributor, um, it's I, 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 you're still the team to beat in the division. I think. Oh, yeah. you know? if, so. if anything, I think, you know, baseball is a is a large portion of it is a mental game, sure. and if anything, I think this will help his mental game a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's he's he's young enough that he's he's able to, um, you know. 
he'll have to overcome. come back stronger. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I mean, he, he didn't spend much time in the minors to begin with, so no. he's still got he can really use this time to sit and learn and 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 study and yeah and make it a productive but year. He yeah, that's how you approach it. I'm sure it's frustrating, you know, on a personal level, but sure. um, yeah, I, I I agree with you guys. I I think that uh, he'll bounce. Hopefully, he'll bounce back fine. Yeah. So, and and they like Levi mentioned, they have enough pieces to yeah. uh, to really compensate for the loss. So, Levi, let me posit this: Would you have rather started the season one and five and still have Schwarber, <laughs> or be at five and one without Schwarber? <laughs> I, you never want to say, "Yeah, I want a guy to get hurt." Well, but but, but we know he's hurt. So, but... if you could undo it. But you'd I do one and five. I don't think I would, just because. It, okay. I think getting off to a good start this year is so important to this Cubs team because they've they've struggled with it in years yeah. past, frankly. And so, I I hate to say, yeah, I want a guy to be injured, or I wouldn't prevent it, but yeah. I I think it's really important for this team to get off to a good start. I think it's. I think you're right, and I think it's important for any team. I mean, yeah. I. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of a, an old adage, but, you know, seasons can't be won in April, but they can be lost in April. Certainly. Minnesota Twins. God. Yeah, right. They can be um, pretty stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, even with the Cubs' expectations being so high, I mean, it'd really suck, Levi, if they started out like one and six or something like that. You know, I mean, yeah. it, would, it, would, it would deflate the enthusiasm around the team. Yeah. And uh, like Jonathan just mentioned, you know, the... While I don't think a lot of people penciled Minnesota in to win the World Series, you know, people thought they'd, they'd and they still could, field a competitive team this year. I mean, who wants to start off 0-7, right. you know, no matter how good, well, yeah. no matter how much talent you may have. Well, and, yeah. and just Healthy to, talent, whatever. Yeah. to tag on to that is the Cubs today just are playing their opening game at Wrigley Field. And so the Cubs just got to see their new locker rooms for the first time. Oh, wow. And if you have a chance, go online. It's like Star Trek Enterprise. There's like ambient lighting everywhere, like <laughs> like red and blue nice. lights shooting up in between the lockers and stuff. It's Madden like, just it, pops out from the corner. Like, <laughs> it's like, like just fog like machine around him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's impressive. And so – I would. I want them going into that five and one. You know what I mean. I want them to be like, ah, this is our new place, and we're doing yep. good. If they were going into that today one and five, I don't think it would have the same effect. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I would agree. You know, I, guys, I was looking for something, and I, it, you know, my my search has been kind of cursory, so I, I probably need to look a little more in depth. I'm looking for like which players throughout history have had the best Aprils but then dropped off, you know, precipitously. Yeah. The guy I can think of, I don't know if you guys remember this guy from a few years ago. It was like a kind of a historic April. There was a guy that played for the Tigers by the name of Chris Shelton. I don't know yeah. if you guys remember yeah. him. Yeah. He, did, he wasn't in the league that long, maybe like five seasons, like 04 to like 09, I think. Mm-hmm. Played for the, he was a first baseman for the Tigers, first base yeah. DH. And, um, dude, he crushed it in April of 06, I believe. Yeah, April of 06. <laughs> I mean, just look at his numbers, you know, if you can do a monthly split. Um, look at his numbers. He killed it. And I think by the end of the season, he was, like, back in the minors. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I can't find a lot of – I'm sure maybe it's out there. 
Um, I just have to look a little harder. I, I think uh, of when, info like that, you know, like who had those months oh yeah. it, it, and then just dropped off. It wasn't in April, but um, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals had a player several years ago that I always think of when when I think of players who just were came on and then they went off as as, yeah. as quickly as they came on. It was Bo Hart of the St. Louis Cardinals. I remember him, and he yeah, had I don't two I don't remember all the like torrid months, like Hall yeah. of Fame months, in, yeah. <laughs> in the majors. And then after that, and he was, you know, like a young, scrappy white dude because, he, of course, he is for the Cardinals. And I think he played second. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And and then a couple years, I think he was out of the league within a couple years. But yeah, I always think of Bo Hart when I think yeah, of I want I want to if anybody's out there listening to this that has a blog and is just or a numbers geek, like give me just like a comprehensive list of like twenty players like that. I'm not talking about like established players that had a really hot month, you know, because I mean, you, you know, the end of this month you might have a superstar player like come the first week of May, he's hitting like 140, you know, it just happens, right? People yeah. have rough months. I'm talking like somebody that just burst onto the scene and then nothing. Who had yeah. probably like fit, at least 50% of their career hits came within like a six week span. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Chris Shelton and Bo Hart are probably two of them, but yeah. um, if anybody can find a list of the others, ah. please send them. Well, if you're way. just going off the first two weeks, it might be this guy on the Rockies, Trevor oh, yeah. Story. What's the what's the Trevor story, Morning Glory? Seriously, (laughs) right? The Rockies are hoping he doesn't fizzle out. Yeah, I mean, I guess with that guy Levi, um, and I, you know, I hadn't heard of him prior to a week and a half. I mean, I guess he was one of their better prospects. You know, like he was a first round draft pick. I don't know much about him other than that. Um, But yeah, he's he's off. He's he's raking. He's raking, yeah. He's off and running, and and kind of made them look like a whole new team, really. When I think expectations for the Rockies were pretty well, pretty and I don't think that he, this year he hadn't even played a game in Colorado yet, so it was like, oh it's yeah, e- it's even easier to hit home runs. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, he's yeah, he's definitely uh, he's he's in a park where you can hit home runs. That's for- yeah, like you know, it it has to be crazy. It was what like three or four days into the to the start of the season, he had had like four home runs already. Yeah. And so it was like four days ago, you had never played in a major league game. And now four days later, you have four home runs. I know. Four days later, you're owned in 90% of fantasy leagues. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Let's just say like, there's few, fewer people that have had like a better last eight days than than Trevor story in the the United States, (laughs) in the United States. Yeah. Like he's, you can't really touch his last eight days, you know, like, yeah. 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 Um, it is fascinating, yeah, I, though, what happens to these players where they say that they find a hole. The pitchers will find a hole in their swing. Yeah, sure. And you know, I was curious as to what that might be. I was trying to visualize what the hole in the swing might be, but yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's that yeah. explains why some of these young players oh, yeah. they do go on this tear because a pitcher can't find the hole. Yeah. But eventually, tape studying tape, you know, after after they play for six weeks, then it's like, oh, there it is. Like he always chases sliders inside or something. Sure. Pretty good defense, too, from what I see yeah. as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, granted, obviously, it's not the largest sample size here. Yeah. but um, He's you know, definitely yeah. on that list of players you want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's he's must-see TV right now, definitely. And um, like I said, you know, the Rockies, I think, you know, they're kind of in rebuilding mode after losing to Lewitsky. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've got some talent, obviously, at, at third base. But, um yeah, you know, he uh, he's kind of been a nice catalyst for them this early part of the mm-hmm. season, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I was thinking I was about the Rockies. Um, you know, they haven't been around that long, obviously, but um, just because of that park, they've never really had an ace throughout their whole franchise history. Yeah. Right. You know Jeff what I mean? Francis. Just because Jeff yeah. Francis, like that, that they had yeah. like that year and a half where Abaldo Jimenez was awesome, Abaldo, you know? Yeah. Um, but like they've the need for David speed, need, David yeah. need. But like they've never had like a power pitcher, like at least the one that's like sustained, like mm-hmm. you know, awesome. Greatness. No, yeah, yeah, You're they right. have. You know, in almost twenty three, twenty four years of being a team now, you know, it's kind of like um, you know, power power pitchers don't want to go to Colorado. Power hitters don't want to go to San Diego. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. you know the park's so. Uh, yeah, so, cavernous. Uh, so it's your friendly and cavernous. <laughs> yeah, San like, Diego. Almost, I mean, it sounds funny, but you would almost want to load up on like older junk arms guys through guys who throw like all just like off speed stuff and for going for ground balls. You know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's 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 tough. I mean, that's probably even though the Rockies have went to a World Series not terribly long ago, 2007, I think they they got beat by the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, got, I think got pretty spanked by the Red Sox actually that year. Um, uh, and honestly, like aside from Tulowitzki, I can't and Todd Helton, I can't even name anybody on that team at, off the top of my head. So <laughs> maybe Jeff Francis, C- Carlos Gonzalez. Oh, was Cargo still was Cargo playing then? Yeah. Oh, oh, from, oh, oh, seven. I'm sorry. I'm oh, seven. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, 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 he wasn't. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, so yeah, definitely. Um, uh, Trevor Story giving Rockies fans something to get excited about. Um, Cubs have scored a lot of runs, Levi. You know, they're. Um, I looked at the team stats. Um, them and the Giants have scored quite a few runs. Giants have scored 43. Cubs have scored 42. I don't think that includes any runs that have been scored tonight. But, um, but yeah, so uh, still doing all the right things there. Yeah. The, uh, and a lot of it's manufactured. And I remember yep. there were years where the Cubs couldn't hardly manufacture a run to save their life. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully we can keep it up. Off to a fun start, um, I think. Good to good to see all all of our teams start strong, and then some nice stories emerge as well. Moving on to, I guess the Marlins play in Florida. I don't know how they're doing so far, but um, <laughs> anyway, there could be an X factor in that division. Um, Jonathan just went down to Florida to see a couple Pearl Jam shows in Miami, and then the other one was in Sunrise. Is that where that is? Yeah, yeah. First night was in uh, Fort Lauderdale or, or Sunrise. It was at the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, okay, arena. so almost kind of a Miami suburb, right? I mean, so the yeah, because so, they're it's yeah. pretty close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like yeah. The strip malls don't stop in between okay. Miami and Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so the first night was at the BB and T Center, the 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 perversion that is a hockey arena at the edge of the Everglades. Right. And... Yeah, definitely the rich history of hockey in Florida. <laughs> the house that John Van Beesbrook built. Right. <laughs> um, uh, I looked for Pavel Bure there, but I didn't see. Him. Right. Uh, I was hoping to run into him. Was Yager at the shows? <laughs> no, yeah, right, right. No, that would, uh, that would have kept my eye He's like Yager. backstage partying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was cool to see an opening night of the tour. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the set list was pretty, um, pretty, pretty solid, uh, including uh, I got to hear Help Help. It was the first time they played that in about five years. Uh, severed Hand. Uh, they played uh, the the first part of Cheap Tricks No Surrender. First, um, 
uh, first, uh, or I'm sorry, Surrender, not No Surrender. Um, yeah. The, yeah, the first verse and chorus, they played that, uh, so that was fun. Um, I Am Mine, Who You Are, even, uh, which is always nice to hear. Uh, Footsteps was uh, pretty great, Comatose. Uh, and then uh, a pretty touching moment playing I'm a Patriot devoted to a guy's um, a guy in the crowd his son uh, was killed in combat I think and so he played that for him um, so that was like a pretty touching scene uh, there like, pretty yeah. intense like they do with most shows you know over the last few tours they cover every just about every record um, yeah. I'm looking at it and I don't know if you like this or you don't like this I'd be curious to hear your take the first night in Sunrise, a third of the tunes are off the first album and the most recent album. Right. No. I mean, if I, I, if I had to write it, I wouldn't have done it like that. No, but that's you, just me. Yeah, you're always going to get it like four to six songs off of ten, and yeah. uh, I'm I'm over most of them. Like I don't need to hear most of them anymore. But um, well, really, just. I don't need to hear alive anymore. But you know, it, it those moments I, when they play those staples. I, I just kind of like I watch other people, yeah, and I watch other people get really excited about it, and because there's something to be said for it, you know, we get we get kind of alienated, um, uh, you know, if if we're we're snarky at, towards people that like those songs, and we shouldn't, you right? Know? Well, no, and even if we're yeah, if if we're looking at a set list, like whether it's the Crow sold out tour or or, or, sure. or you know seen seen alive in there or seen uh, Better Man or Daughter in there every night, um, yeah, yeah, we get a little pessimistic about it. But I if yeah, I, I just started kind of focusing on other people, yeah. and uh, and just watching. I mean, it really brings everybody together. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was this interesting uh, uh, issue with with the second night. So I have fan club seats. I'm um, I've been a member of the fan club since like 1993, and uh, and and so we ha- we always have like pretty much the same seats to the side of the stage, a few rows yeah. up. And for some reason, on the second night, the third row or the the row right in front of us was totally empty until right before the show started. And as the show started, all of these kids kids. Um, uh, all these people like filled it up and like were high fiving each other and totally stoked. And they obviously weren't fan club members. And I felt like <laughs> shocking. I felt like Hank Steinbrenner. You know, I was Hank Steinbrenner's quotes about like you know we don't want the people that don't usually get to be in the luxury uh, seats yeah. behind home plate because they don't know how to act. I kind of felt like that, and I felt like an ass for thinking like that. These people stinking up the place, right? And so yeah, they spend a couple songs just like high fiving each other over like their 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 newfound luck for these great seats and then i just i i started to become i started to appreciate their enthusiasm because like every time like when when they started playing jeremy the second night um like they're just high-fiving each other and like really fucking loving it shocking those guys really (laughs) like jeremy right but it was it was it was passionate and it was real and i enjoyed it and it made me kind of enjoy those older songs more yeah that's that's an interesting perspective and that's what I was going to kind of lead into. What shows were these? Number 748? Oh, for me? Nine? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I I don't know for sure. I think it's around 34, 35, 36. Okay. Yeah. So um, as someone who's been a fan of a band that long, yeah. what are the what are the expectations going into a Pearl Jam show nowadays? Um, a lot of it is interaction. Uh, the band's interaction has really grown with the audience and, and staying in touch. And taking those signs like Springsteen does 
where people are requesting things. A couple dudes had Tremor Christ written across their foreheads at, at the second night, and so they played Tremor Christ for these dudes. And then they just kept the camera on the dudes. Yeah. During <laughs> during them playing Tremor Christ and these dudes flipping out. And then, you know, when they when he's playing I'm a Patriot and they're they just keeping a, the camera on the dad and the dad is like fucking balling. And it like takes it to this other level of connection, which is really cool. And even like this is a it seems like a really familial tour in that uh uh, you know, Eddie's wife and kids are side stage and like dancing to the songs. Um, his daughter's throwing them the tambourines when they're playing Rockin' in the Free World. And where Eddie Boyd's like slams the tambourines and chucks them out to the crowd. He goes through like 10 or 12 uh, during the show or during that one song. And so it's like it's a really laid back familial atmosphere. And there's there's a whole lot of connection. And so that's what I look for. And then also, as far as the set list goes. Uh, to pull out those nuggets, like, dude, I got to hear WMA in its entirety. Oh, no kidding. The second night. And I never would have expected that. So nuggets like that, um, uh, you know, hearing Pilot, Tremor Christ. Dude, the, the cover of Comfortably Numb was phenomenal. I've McCree has never done such good guitar work. That's one of my, I mean, that the first, both solos in that are I, two of the best solos ever. You know, like oh my the, God, the original, yeah. 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 The first one's kind of, kind of, kind of serene, you know. And the second one's really dark, you know. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. The contrast in those solos in the same song is pretty, pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, they really, they really nailed it. Um, and uh, yeah, so definitely check out that comfortably numb video. If it, I'm sure it'll surface eventually. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, uh, yeah, then they, you know, they'll play to the back. They'll they'll play a song like that. Matt Cameron has like a little drum kit that faces the back too, and they'll go play a song for the people behind the stage. Mm. Uh, and uh, State Eleven Trust, uh, phenomenal. Uh, you know, and, and, and there are songs I never tire of that they play every show. Corduroy do the evolution. They sure. could they could play those every show. I don't need to hear Better Man every show. I, I don't need to hear yeah. Alive every show or Black. But um, uh yeah so so you know you're gonna have like that bass levi of like nine or ten songs but then the other 20 songs are just kind of wild cards and it's just hearing the flow of it all because yeah and there's a lot of thought that goes into it for every show yeah yeah i saw the the tampa set list even though it's tonight has just been posted i know i was looking at it and i I, i'm saying i i'm already thinking i wish i would have gone to tampa yeah good uh it's the only good. time in your life you've ever seen that. <laughs> yeah, being, yeah. being pretty 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 good to florida man they got jacksonville in a couple nights then too so yeah right yeah i think Tom it had petty been several years um yeah, yeah that'd be cool uh, <laughs> i would certainly hope that that petty would consider it if he's in town yeah um they'll get a petty cover at least yeah sure well that's cool um i uh yeah, I thought I thought they Pop looked quiz. good. Pop no. quiz, both of you. What what Tom Petty song would you want to hear Pearl Jam cover? Gosh, um, off the top of your heads. I'll say you wreck me, just off the top of my head. That's fucking good. Yeah, that's that that that's that's a good one. Yeah, I'll I'll go with that. Nice. Yeah. 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 There you go. Um. Yeah, that would they would burn that one down. Um. Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I I thought they both looked great too, setlist wise. I mean, the the nuggets that they threw in kind of would have compensated for some of the the lightning bolt songs that I'm not really that excited about. You yeah, know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm not. I mean, I've I've shared my opinion. So like, I I like I don't I don't hate the record. I just I I just I don't 
I'm not drawn to it. Let's put it that way. I, I no, I, I think a lot of it is is really solid stuff, and it's really kind of complex, dark stuff. Um, yeah. Though you know, I don't need to hear sirens every show. Uh, other than that, I'm perfectly fine with them playing whatever from Lightning Bolt. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I would I would also like to hear more instead from Riot Act or No Code. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so it goes. Bends uh, the brakes. Uh, yeah, it's, some of these shows. It's, it's their show, not ours. And, and I don't uh, even think that they toured Florida for Lightning Bolt, and so okay. I think that's why maybe they're including more Lightning Bolt uh, yeah. for Florida. Yeah. Um, and and uh, oh, a quick shout out not not only to uh, my buddy Michael and his wife Jacqueline, who we sat with uh, uh, at one of the shows, but also uh, uh, Kevin from uh, Portland, who I met uh, uh, during the second show. And uh, and uh, we we rocked together. He and he's going to the other Florida shows. So uh, uh, safe travels to Kevin. Well, yes, definitely. Um, hopefully, he's, he's a new listener to the podcast. Um, so excellent, good deal. Well, um, thanks for the recap. Let's go over to let's go west um, to. First the Troubadour, and then uh, I guess it was yeah, the MGM where they played um, for for Guns N' Roses. Um, we've been talking the GNR um, reunion quite a bit here. It's a big story, and you know I I uh, I certainly I certainly love Guns. Um, you know, obviously some ambivalence around you know just sort of a partial reunion, but anyway. Um, I don't know if you guys have got a chance to watch any because they did on April first. They did what I think is a pretty cool thing. You know, they played the Troubadour in West Hollywood, and they opened up the old Tower Records, right? Which I guess they kind of like sort of created a mini GNR museum within it. Yeah. Apparently, it's a Gibson store now. Uh, um, so they they um, you know they bought they got a connect a customer there in Slash. It looks like, um, <laughs> but they 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 opened up the the old Tower Records um, as as the ticket booth. And, you know, it was just it was just a Facebook post like, you know, they're going to play the Troubadour tonight. Ten bucks, you know, pick up your ticket at the old Tower Records on Sunset. Like regardless of the motive, the financial motives of this whole tour and this whole reunion, that's a pretty that's a pretty boss move. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, that's that's really cool to do that and i wonder how many to, people saw it on april fool's day the and balls were like, to do oh, it on april i mean fool's they were day. the tickets were like they had a line up out the door in like minutes you know <laughs> yeah um yeah but you're right yeah how many people like thought it was a joke sure. yeah yeah it's like oh the tower records is open oh and there's ten dollar gnr tickets yeah <laughs> yeah okay. double talking yeah, I, drive I, I, indeed I, I, I know some people might think it's cheesy and nostalgic but i i i, I that brought a smile to my face when i read it i was like that is a cool move guys it, yeah absolutely yeah so and uh i've watched some of the foot like you couldn't there were no cell phones that night like in quotes um but yeah some of the footage has been posted and i uh i thought it looked i thought it sounded pretty good like the welcome to the jungle that's like high quality mm -hmm. i thought ripped man yeah that's uh, the only one i saw and yeah i i was surprised how well it sounded I'll yeah even Axel's voice, which you know yeah, has kind of yeah, been yeah. has been shaky over the years, it, it was um, solid. I thought, yeah. And the set list, man, you know, they first you know they played Double Talk and Jive, which they haven't done since '93. Um, they did, um, uh, uh, gosh, what, the, what they did a Damned cover, New Rose, which you know, 
even though GNR doesn't change its set list that much and never really has, um, you know, the, I, uh, I like that they, you know, they throw something like that in there. I mean, it's just, I don't know if that was kind of Duff's doing or, or what, but you know, he seems like the guy that would throw in the day. They've always cover. played cool covers. They have, they yeah. absolutely have. And then they did, yeah, the encore Especially with Axel's uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then the encore, you know, the seeker as yeah. well. So yeah. yeah, right on guys. Um, you know, I mean, if, if this whole thing's going to be, you know, I, I know every some people are going to see this whole thing is just convoluted anyway, but I don't know. I, th- I think they've started off pretty on the right foot. Have they done <laughs> so Layla <to> before? <laughs> Pun intended. Um, they did Layla? That? Yeah. Did ha- they? Have they done that before? Oh, instrumental with uh, with Axel on piano. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, they, wow. they, I think they te- they did some teases where they oh, did I, okay. Song. okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen any up. footage from Vegas. Have you came across any uh, Vegas? Yeah, I, I watched the You Could Be Mine last night. I'll have um, to check that out. It's out there. So, yeah, then, so fast forward a week later, um, uh, they played two nights at the the, the arena in Las Vegas. Um, and that show was probably pretty similar, I would assume, to what most people are going to get this summer, you know, um, with, you know, a couple, like the, they did Coma. Um, the first night, um, they did, uh, yeah, like Jonathan said, they did Layla, um, instrumental, they did like a wish you were here jam. So, you know, I mean, so far so good, man. I mean, yeah. And hell Axel even broke his foot and he's still out there, you know? So, so is he like jumping off a riser or how'd this happen? It happened in LA, um, at the the show. Yeah. At the show. And I guess he played through the pain and um, I think it was during the Paradise City. I think it was near the end of the show. And then, um, you know, fast forward a week and they're in Vegas. And I don't know if you guys remember, like, David Grohl, Dave Grohl broke his foot um, earlier this yeah. last year. And yeah. so he had, like, a throne, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the Game of Thrones looking throne. Jockey. Okay. Yeah. That's the, Dave, Dave Grohl gave Axel the throne for these, oh. these shows. Oh, really? Okay. It's the same throne, yeah. I, I saw pictures I of... Uh, <laughs> Dave backstage with them. Oh, yeah, wow. there was like some, and I wondered what the link was. There you go. He gave him his throne. <laughs> yeah, he gave him the throne. So yeah, <laughs> Axel, Axel seated for those Vegas. He shows. knows who the true Lord of Rock is. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? He right. bequeathed the throne. <laughs> yeah, and you know, um, let's see here. You know, twenty-three tunes in Vegas, um, and then also, I, I don't know if you guys um, notice this. There's a, there's a female keyboardist now, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no. and I don't know because I it was announced who the other players, the people yeah. um, from you know he retained two people from the previous from the, the yeah. new lineup, and then Dizzy Reed has played with him since Use Your Illusion, so he's not mm-hmm. you know really a new member. But on second keyboard, um, they've got a girl named Melissa Reese and. I, I, I looked her up and I, you know, she, she makes kind of pop music really. Hmm. Um, I don't know how, like what role, I mean, obviously she plays keyboards. That's, but like, I don't, I don't know like if you were to go to the show, like how, how big it sa- she sounds, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not sure, but um, yeah. So she was, she was, hmm. uh, and I assume she's, you know, going to ride out the whole tour with them, I guess. So yeah. right on. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I guess if there's any, any complaint that I would have would be the same complaint some people had back in like 93 that there were so many people like, you know, they've, they've got two keyboardists now 
um, in 93, you know, they had backup singers and they had, you know, a keyboard. The, the sound had become so much bigger. Oh, yeah. It was a full on production that, yeah. that, you know, it to me, it got a little bit bloated on on the user illusion tour. Um, and it was just such I mean, obviously, you kind of you had to have a piano since it was so pronounced on um, on the user illusion records. But, um, you know, some of the rawness maybe is is taken away when you, you know, when you add other musicians, you know, beyond just the core five. Yeah, it's it's a uh, delicate balance, a fine line, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, for sure. But from a from a just a, you know, just a, as far as audio goes, yeah, I've I've been I've been really pleased with what the videos I've watched and stuff so far. I um, I don't necessarily want to cough up three hundred dollars to go see it, but um, or I'm, go to uh, a football stadium. Yeah, or go to a football stadium. But I'm I'm pleased that you know it's it looks like it's going well so far for them. So uh, yeah, crowd seems to dig it. So. Got the big Coachella. You guys make anything uh, of the set list or uh, any uh, any other observations? Have they done Don't Cry yet? Yeah. Yep, they did it the second night in Vegas. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. They, they encored Don't Cry the Seeker in Paradise City. Yeah. Ah, that's a tough that's, trio. That's pretty Damn. fucking sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I remember yeah, that was it. the first cassette single I ever owned. Ah, nice. Don't Cry. Yeah. Shannon yeah. yeah. Hume on backing the, vocals. Yeah. Open it up with It's So Easy both nights. Um, and then actually doing a couple of songs off Chinese Democracy, it looks like, as well. So mm-hmm. um, fortunately, those don't constitute the bulk of the set list. But um, yeah, they also did the second night in Vegas. Yeah, the ninth. Um, they did, you know, guys, they put out that Spaghetti Incident album. I was going to say, if they come they out and just up, been like, we're going right? to do the the entire spaghetti incident in its entirety tonight. Well, they did add it to, which <laughs> yeah, saying, yeah. it's a misfits cover, which rips. Yeah. That, 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 that song's awesome. Oh, yeah. So I'm glad to see they did that. And they teased, you can't put your arms around a, rem- a memory by Johnny thunders as well. Um, so, you know, stuff like that, that kind of as big as they've become and just maybe in some people's eyes as bloated as it's become, you know, there's still like just a drop of like punk edge. You know what I mean? Like just with oh, something yeah. like that, and then doing and that. They, uh, paying homage. Yeah, they did that. You can't put your arms around a memory song back in the day. I have it oh, as okay. a B side onto one of my singles. Of ah, right. Yeah. I have some of their stuff on 45. Yeah, nice. perfect song for him to sing. You know. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm pleased so far. Mm-hmm. I uh, I'm not going, but I hope the high quality YouTube clips keep rolling in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... well, dude, I would stream a show. Like they need to get on the streaming bandwagon. Oh yeah, I mean, like I would even, I'd even pay ten dollars, twenty dollars to watch the, maybe not twenty, but I'd pay, t- I'd pay a little bit of money to like stream a high quality show. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, I pay twenty Definitely. bucks. Yeah, twenty bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Put GNR on TV. You could pause. High it. def. Do whatever. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, I'm I'm glad it's off to a good start for them. You know, obviously, other than him breaking his foot. Um. So, yeah, the true test, I guess, is this weekend when they face the festival masses in Coachella. Um, it's so ambitious. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw, like, Coachella this week, this upcoming weekend. And Coachella is you know, spread out over two weekends. They're going to Mexico City to play two shows in between and then Coachella. So that's, that's, just, that's just a lot to haul. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? From mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. Uh, that's, that's like four big shows. Yeah. You know, within the span of like seven or eight days. So did nothing come of Axel and ACDC? 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. What's going I, I I don't know. I mean, like, I had seen they had footage. The studio. Yeah, they had footage of them, like, coming out of the studio together, and then it's, like, it's died off over the last week. Well, that, right? obviously, they had, they had these commitments to play yeah. Coachella in Vegas, but the Gun Tour doesn't start until, like, late June, I think, early July. I wonder if since he broke his foot, everything's, like, off the table now. Uh, apparently, uh, uh, Cheap Tricks' Robin Zander has offered to front him. To, to front ACDC? Ah, that's crazy. And, and also, finally, congrats to those guys for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame as well. It's I think it's sure, long, yeah. long overdue for that band. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, glad to see they're off. Uh, they're off to a good start. The the the, sh- the I don't know what it was like in the. I think they're playing Denver and Kansas City. GNR like the yeah. Chicago tickets went quickly. So. Um, they were like, I don't know if a bunch of brokers got a hold of them. Like they were, mm-hmm. you know, like tickets went on sale at ten o'clock. Like nobody could get tickets at like ten o two. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah, they're all sold out. But then all of a sudden they were all on StubHub. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Excellent. All right. Yeah. So, um, want to remind everybody you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Rock. In Chew, that's N is in Night Train. Um, so Rock In Chew. And then also you can find out everything you need to know. Previous episodes, links to fun stuff, uh, discussion, or, you know, albums that we've discussed on the show, uh, all of our archives, some fun kind of themed episodes from the early days of the podcast. Um, you can find all of that on rockchew.com. And also please like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Rock and Chew. And until next time, we will see everybody again real soon. Take it easy. Good night. Peace.